you for tuning in to. If you don't know, now you know. Welcome to the show. Let's get this party started. Okay, sweet. Yo, what is going on everyone out there? Welcome back to the show. If you don't know, now you know. I'm your host, Mr. Hecker. Uh, thanks for joining us here today. Much love and respect to everyone out there for listening into our show. Our guest here today, Manueli Paladizia. Brother, welcome. Thank you very much for joining us on the podcast. Uh, how's your morning been? Thank you. Ah, great. So great. Fresh. It's so cold. Fresh weather. Fresh summer. Great morning. Start with a ice cold shower like you do. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> tell us, uh, you're in Stockholm right now. What's What's it been like there? You're either in your summer? Summer? Oh, no, your winter. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, normally I'm in the summer. Now it's summer here. And normally in the summer I'm either in Italy, either in some part of the world. Even Australia has been there. Uh, yeah, but I never had a, a fresh summer like this. Yeah. So I'm here because of my partner. He's from Sweden. Oh, okay. So we moved. Yeah, we're traveling. We were in Thailand just before, and now we moved in, uh, in Sweden for a few months. We don't know how long. Okay, sweet. Well, what we're going to do here is usually what I like to do is give everyone a plug at the start of the podcast. So if you could just tell us where we could find you on Instagram, if you've got Facebook, uh, if you could just tell us, you got Instagram, could you tell us your Instagram name? Yes. So my Instagram is Manuele underscore Paradiso, which is uh, my name. Actually, it's not my, not my real name because my Manuel is my name, Paradiso. It's uh, a last name that I took after a book that I read when I was road tripping in Australia. Actually. And uh, so my, my real last name is, is a Swiss German uh, name because my father is from Switzerland, even though I grew up in Italy and my mother is from Italy. Oh, okay. So, We'll, but, we'll dive into yeah. that one as well a little bit later on because yeah, that's yeah, interesting. Yeah. I never knew that. That's a new one for myself. Uh, so, yeah. What yeah, about, no, not many people know that. Yeah, well, now you know, hey, and this is a podcast for it. <laughs> 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 uh, what about Facebook? Have you got Facebook? I have a, yeah, I have a Facebook profile, which uh, is actually... Uh, open only to people that I know that I have a connection with so it's not I don't have a Facebook page in this moment yeah. or a public profile it's more like kind of private I have some public posts yeah. uh, with signs on Facebook I public some posts which are open to all the public but they I normally don't accept a friend request yeah, it's a closed clo close group I don't really know yeah. Okay. That's not not necessarily close, but at least people I had a, a stronger connection. Maybe even someone I don't I don't know, but I know that it's part of a group of people with whom I have a strong connection. So yeah, yeah, I try to maintain okay. kind of real connection. Definitely. Yeah, and I will throw all your details on the page as well for those who are watching. Uh, could you please, brother, tell us a little bit about what you do? Because I'm very interested about to diving in into today. Uh, I watch a lot of your content, obviously, on social media, Instagram, um, your videos there, your IGTVs. Please um, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do at the current stage. You have to talk about, uh, so to talk about me, about my challenges as a man, as a man in evolution, a man that wants to grow, to be 
face his own fear, face my fear, face uh, the issue in the relationship with myself, with my partner, with the world, with other men, all this kind of stuff. And so for me, it was clear from the start to, I don't want to preach anyone. There are many pages I see, which, which is okay, it's not wrong, but I didn't feel comfortable on, on the another page talking like, you should do that, or if you do that, uh, you can reach that, like in a more teaching language, right? There are many people that are writing, they are using the second pronoun, like you, you, you. Yep. And me, I said, okay, this is my, the page about me, and I share my experience that maybe some people will resonate, some people not. So it's me, me, me. So I did that. I'm doing that. And I had that, that result. So that for me was a small detail, but it gives totally different taste to my, my writing. And then, so I start to have more and more public. Uh, not that I have a big public, but I start, my public starts to increase. People get curious, start to commenting a little bit, and and I felt motivated by some people, some positive feedback and messages, and people writing me that they felt inspired, and mostly women. Yeah, you would, you would get a lot of women comment and uh, say how beautiful and lovely. Yeah, yeah that's common. I've seen a couple of the comments. Yeah. That, that, there is a reason because most part of the public of my partner that are women. And also in the comments, uh, especially the kind of stuff that they talk about, which is about my, my vulnerable side. Mm. And... Uh, and my I open to my fears or to my yeah something that can be even it's weird for someone for other men and I find that these are themes that on my opinion men have difficulties to engage with also and to open to I know for sure there are many men I, I few men at least that I know that are following me but they never dare to to put a like or a comment, and then after I saw and I even know that they were following me, so that's for me yeah. it's like they're watching. Interesting. They're watching from a distance, yeah. and yeah, I do, I do acknowledge yeah. you on that. You, uh, you lean in quite heavily on your vulnerability in the way that you present things, and it's really nice to see. And um, yeah, I got to take my hat off to you because um, that's that's not easy to do, and I know that sometimes criticism comes with things like that as well, especially. A lot of men can see things like that, and it's quite uncomfortable for them. Um, I got I got a question for you because we're gonna dive straight into it as well. Uh, what what do you what does love mean to you, and why? <laughs> this is a different question. Sorry. What does love mean to you, and why? That's probably uh-huh. a question I've never asked you. What do you, what is your perception of yeah. love? Yeah. My my perception um, as I. It's a good question because it's a question you can ask to everyone and they have always different answers to and, and it's a meaningful. Because we use the same word but have many different meanings, right? Mm. It's like the word God or freedom. Uh, it's one of these huge words where we all agree 
yeah, yeah, I like it. And then if you start to talk, oh, okay, we have different perspectives, right? So, yeah, love is the word. And for me, love, first of all, is, is a process. Something that really switched my vision uh, about love was when I realized through reading some stuff and listening other things and experience something else, I realized that uh, love is a path. And it's very different than love as a status. I mean, some people say, for example, I'm in love. And, and that's it. Like, I'm in love with this person. We are in love. And the way they describing and the way I was doing things is like seeing love as a state uh, status that you reach and that's it. Once you are there, there's nothing to do because you are in this bubble which is called love, which protects you and it's full of uh, some typical behaviors to have and behaviors you don't have, rules, and start to be more and more cultural and more and more personal, but still it's a kind of like bubble. Once you are in it, you adjust it to keep maintaining something. That's one vision. And that was my old vision, which is a common vision. The new vision that really made a revolution for me is like, I'm not in love because I have a, a, a vision I respect and uh, yeah, a, a vision of this world that is so big that I, I will be very arrogant to say, I know what love is and this is love and I am in it with this person. No. I'm working to open to love because love is infinite. And uh, I mean, at least in my ideal, it's so big and there is it's never ending the work you have to do to keep on opening to love, right? So love in that way is a path. And in this path, you are alone. And then occasionally you can meet someone else in this path. You can cross it. Either cross it, like, oh, oh nice, okay, but and go in different directions, just cross. Either meet in this path and say, hey, hi there, you two walking in that direction? Yes, yeah, same direction as you. Oh, okay. Ah, oh, you have a luggage with different tools than mine. Ah, oh, yeah, okay, let's check it out. Oh, look, this is a tool, this, ah, and start to exchange experiences, tools, and still see that we are going the same direction. And that became a companion of life, like, wow. We are both in the path of love in the same direction. So that's how I see love. Me and my partner, we are in the path of love. And yes, of course, when I, when I'm with her, we are intimate, I tell her, I love you. And I really mean it. I, I love you. In the same time, what I mean is I love you and I keep on working to love you more and more, to open myself to love towards you. And you too. So that's what they mean. Oh, that's maybe. That is such a good answer. That like that nearly made me a little bit emotional <laughs> hearing that. I um, I've <laughs> I've asked that question to so many people, and you are the first one to answer that to a point where it just hit home. You know, that was that that was a really good summary of of love. Um, and I like how you broke down your old vision of love and your new vision of love where you explained to us love is you're on the path together. And that's so true. Like you can come across people in life and 
you may meet them, but they're not for you. And they, they're on a different journey. And then you meet that person and you guys are on the journey together. That that was really, really well. I like that answer. Um, and that's a that's a really good solid analogy of of uh of love and and the old analogy of love how you explain people are in the bubble um that one's a little bit different as well because people can get stuck there i feel um and they they that's that's the old analogy and i feel like that's why a lot of people's um perceptions around love and relationships may not work because they think okay we just meet and that's it we stay here we're in this bubble of love we don't go anywhere we're just together to ever but when really you guys are on a journey together to f- to love each other yeah. and travel and be and be more with each other. That was that was a really good analogy. I like that. <clears throat> Thank you. That what is I think what is important in this concept is that remember that there is work to do and we never end. I mean, relationships are not easy, and of course, and you can set on a comfort zone which is okay for a few, maybe to relax. It's like going to the gym. You don't want to be 24 hours to the gym. You will smash your muscles and you will lose your motivation soon if you don't set some pose. Then pose are important, which is a comfort zone. But if you are only in pose, you say, okay, I'm going to the gym. I, I build my body. That's it. It's over. Now I, I reach my status of building my muscles. I don't have to do anything anymore for the rest of my life. Well, you know very well that after a little while, you start to lose all that. And the relationships are the same. We have to keep on working, keep on working every day because we are keep on changing. And we are keep on having different experiences that maybe may change our perspective. And you can't leave it to, I mean, you can't dismiss that. So, on my opinion, on my experience, it, it's a hard work. It's not easy. Not many people are willing to do it, but it is necessary if you want to heal. If you want to heal and have even better generations in the future. Otherwise, what we teach to our children that, okay, you just relax the dance, you don't, you don't have to work on relationships. No, it's not what I want to pass to my children. My yeah. That was the old analogy, hey, is where you get married or you have the kids and you just sit. That's it. You just do that that thing and that's. I feel like that's. it's really good. Yeah, and the man focused on the job and the woman focused on care of the house. That's it. And they, they focused on that mm. but not in each other. Yeah. Losing the, the sparkle and the connection. Yeah, let's. I've got a question about that as well because I, for me, uh, relationships is something that I have struggled with. Um, in my past relationships, I've had a a few, and it's quite common in in my group of friends as well, where um, relationships are not a strong point. Uh, to some males out there, what would be some advice around uh, having a healthy relationship? Because, as we just said, it's quite hard. It is constant work, and it's uh. They can be quite testing at times, especially there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of external factors that come into play, especially with modern society today. There's all the social media, there's all different kinds of stress. The woman is not staying at home, doing the things that we everyone works. Um, yeah, so maybe just give some advice or some analogy around you know relationships and mm-hmm. advice. Yeah. Well, yeah, this is a 
a, I think a bigger question than the one about love yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because we can, it can go we anywhere. Can talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But to keep it simple, and I would say in a relationship between a man and a woman, between two people identify one as a masculine and one as a feminine. And I would say first. It's important to to listen, to really listen the other, and not dismiss it. To do, to learn to not be reactive. This is very important. One one thing that uh, again sounds sounds simple, which is not at all, and it can make a big a huge difference. I mean. Whenever you feel triggered by the other one, because this what happens in a relationship, you keep on feel triggered and triggered, even in a subtle way, even a small thing like annoyed, and, and how you react to this trigger, it can be from a small thing like rolling the eyes, or from bigger thing like yelling or insulting or, uh, or run away in different way like run away literally from the house or just going to books or video games to protect yourself. So instead of do that, I will I will say to, to people, most men and women, uh, especially men, men, to see and and feel what's happening inside and why it's really triggering. Because every trigger, every every reaction it's connected to a fear that we have inside. It's connected to an insecurity that this person is showing to us. And it doesn't matter if we can think that the other person did it on purpose, which the most part of the case doesn't. But we believe that the other person made on purpose this, they trigger us on purpose, but we trigger ourselves. It's not the person that triggers ourselves. Except there are a few steps someone really wants to provoke you. But if you have a partner that really wants to provoke you to, for the sake of feel, let you feel pain, I mean, it's not really a good partner. But if you have a partner, it's supposed to be someone that likes you, loves you. And so we should sit and think what, what's alive in me, why I'm feeling this, and not give us the time to don't throw back the ball and answer in a bad way, but just sit with it, observing, and feel the pain, is it painful, and feel even the pain, even the anger if it's coming, the, and contain it. It's always better to contain it than just throw it out to someone. The repression is not good, but if you have to really throw your anger toward another person, or another living being, it's better you repress it, and you, you make at least Pain only to yourself. Mm. You cause harm only to yourself. It's better. Then the best would be to sublimate. Yeah. Then they go what? express and hurt other people because um that's a that's a common thing for a lot of men. They get insulted or they get triggered and then they may take it out on their partner or someone else close by, and it's really that's and you're very so right in the way that um you know your partner is always going to trigger you, and if if they probably aren't triggering you. Probably not the right partner for you as well because there's um there's maybe something not good there. Wait, wait. I mean, if if they are triggering you on like on purpose with like 
knowing that they are causing pain and and wanted to cause you pain, this is not the right partner. No. But if it's triggering you, the partner, uh, without that, let's say, evil <laughs> uh, will, but is a good partner. I mean, the good partner is the one that triggers you. Yeah. Not on purpose, but triggers you. The one you feel triggered constantly. This is a good part, contrary to what many people think. Someone told me when he was around one year ago, was a, a woman that told me, marry your demon. Marry your demon. Marry the demon. What does it mean? It means that the person you choose to have decide, if you want to grow, if you are, if you are committing on a path of growth, which is also the path of love, it is necessary the person that it triggers you the most. Not the person that everything is perfect, everything is in balance. Because with that person, which is the angel, with the angel, it, it can be nice, attractive, relaxed, but this is the comfort zone. The angel, if it doesn't trigger you, it means there is nothing to grow with. So if you don't grow after a while, it will be boring. So it will look very desirable, uh, very like, yeah, very attractive to, ah, oh, yeah, just for a woman that doesn't really bother me, that really leave me alone. Ah, yeah, I want a woman like that. Yeah, okay, that can be a classic man dream. But what happens is that you stop to grow because you can't really, you can't really say to yourself, I have nothing to grow on. You can't really say to yourself, I have no fears, I have no limits. If you think that, it means really you are in a very low stage of evolution. But the more you grow, the more you will find stuff. And it's never ending unless you are, no, let's say, enlightened. Okay, and the work is done, but that part maybe there is, unless you have another enlightened partner beside, but there is even no need of partnership because I think really that the partnership is starting even from this need to grow and to uh, help each other, mm. help each other of this growth. Yeah, just going on that, I feel like that's a common thing with a lot of men. They get into a relationship that's very comfortable because uh, a lot of the time I see men get into a relationship with women that they can uh, have a handle over, I guess, and they can have, you know, they don't want to date the woman that's going to trigger them because it's not comfortable. There's no, you know, and they can't handle it. They can't get the control over it. So they choose someone that's quite comfortable and it's easy It's and there's no growth there and then things can plateau and go down to, you know, a breakup and they don't last a great deal of time. Uh, what's your analogy or advice around that? Like someone who's hit a flat spot in their relationship and things aren't growing and they aren't uh, moving in the right direction, uh, any tips and tricks or tools around how to spark it back up and maybe get things going again? Yeah, and it's to, there are many things from different aspects, you know, from sexuality, from communication, and uh, at the end it's all connected, of course. But if you if someone is feeling, is not growing, is going, is going down, is going flat, it's the best way is to, to, to open up, to, because if, if, 
if it's going flat, it means that there is something that has been unsaid to the partner. I mean, the partner should be the person that you will open the most and the other person open to you, of course, you open each other. So you, you usually this is the case of people that they don't talk too much in, in every couple, in the, in the relationship. They don't open to their fear, to their ambition. You want to tell to your partner your fears and your ambition because she will, she, you want that she or he supports you in your fears and in your ambitions and, and even your, let, explore your, your comfort zone, go beyond your comfort zone. It's always a good, a good tip because what's comfortable, again, how we said, if we keep on staying the comfort, it will start to collapse and with the, the comfort zone become narrow, narrow, narrow until there is only this small bubble and small projection and finally we live two separate different universes because we are so confined in our bubble and projection to keep us protected from this thing that is collapsing where all we have to do is just go beyond this this comfort zone seek discomfort feel a little pain but then in the long run will be paid because you will enlarge enlarge something instead of letting it collapse so step on something that is uncomfortable maybe to talk about maybe to try sexual fantasy sexual desires you never reveal to your partner reveal it what, what are you afraid of are you afraid to be judged by your partner if she will do or he just talk about it like everything that comes from the heart can't can't really harm anyone if it's said properly i mean if you keep on repressing and one day, oh, fuck off, I wanted to do that and that and that. And of course, that will not be taken very well by the other side. It's finally explode. But if you start to share and say, you know what, I never told you that, but I think it's the moment to talk about something. I feel, I never told you because, I don't know, I feel shame. I feel, yeah, even a man say to the partner that he's shame about something, open to the vulnerability. This is something that I think uh, is a big obstacle to the growth of the relationship. Men that don't want to appear vulnerable to the partner. Because I do really believe that one of the main causes of flattening of the relationship, one of the main causes of relationships not going towards evolution are men. Because women... In general, in general, of course, they're accepting, but even though they look, uh, I don't know, for semi shallow or whatever, still inside their nature is, uh, is there ready to be open. And men in general, their nature is to penetrate different levels, but to, to, to support that openness and through that supporting the openness of the women, the men open itself. But first you have to learn to, yeah, to be vulnerable, to accept himself that, yeah, he has vulnerable sides. It means things that will make him think to be weak in front of the partner or other people. Mm. And which is the case of many men, they don't want that. They want to feel hard and strong. And then finally, the relationship became hard and strong. 
and yeah, they, they want to stay in that masculine energy all the time and not feel the vulnerability. Vulnerability is quite an important thing I've found, um, especially being in a relationship. It's uh, If there's no vulnerability, it's like you said, it's a you stay in that heart and that, 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 that kind of energy and that kind of mind frame, the whole relationship, and that's, that's kind of what you get. You're just the end product of who you are and what you're projecting. This is like a... Um, yeah, it was such a common trait for men, not opening up, not being vulnerable, not being able to use it as they think it's quite a, uh, it's not a good tool. They think it's a it's a bad tool to use in a relationship. Um, I, I want to ask about the sex questions because that's, that's one where a lot of people would have a tough time having conversations with their partner around like sex and et cetera like that. It's not whether it's because as no, although it's not everything in a relationship, it is quite a big part. And I feel like it's a part that a lot of uh, relationships don't discuss or don't talk about. Uh, what, what's your verdict around that? What's my what? Yeah, what's your, what's your input around the sexual um, relationship, like how how it should look, or or like a healthy sexual relationship, and and maybe yeah. some advice, like because I know that's a hard conversation for men to approach their partner about. Uh, that's that's as far as my experience, like. It's kind of it's it's that's vulnerability. They have to be quite vulnerable to go see their partner and say, "Hey, look, I would like this, or you know, can we change this and etc." Yeah, uh, uh, a very important mindset uh, for a man. I would say for a man, yeah, is to stop to build a a monument of himself of him. His, his sexuality. I found that many men are living in the convention to be the greatest lover ever based on some uh, feedback from their experience and which are usually all positive. And I think all men, at least most of the men, have uh, heard a feedback like, oh, you've been the best lover ever. Uh, the orgasm I'm getting with you are amazing. I mean, all, all, every man heard that. Now, really, uh, do we want really believe? Do you want to believe that, yeah, that's bullshit for, for most of the people, but in my case, it was true. I remember I was there, and I know how much passion I get to have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you really think you can really love a woman. You can really open a woman to love through your body, through your penis, through your sexuality. Do you know how to do that? So the before I answer that, it's interesting to, to say, where did you learn that? How did you learn to open a woman? How did you learn to connect sexually to a woman? And usually... The answer that will come is through what you heard from your, the people of your same age growing up, maybe in the high school, and porn, mm. pornography, movies, whatever. Uh, I can't say books because usually men, they don't read uh, porn or erotic literature. This is more a women thing for some reason, psychological reason. So that's it. And do you really think that that education is enough 
or at least was uh, properly proper for that purpose. Do you really think that women's sexuality is identical to men's sexuality? So these are really the first questions that can maybe, hopefully, wake up some men and say, oh my God, like, what it happened to me? Like, I was a serial uh, polyamorous, like, not someone that had many relationships in the same time, but like, going with many women, going, going with different women, especially sex and sex with many women. I had long-term partnership and I was cheating on them. So I had a huge experience on sex and uh, with different women from different cultures. And that made me think I'm a great lover. I had huge, nice feedbacks and I had success. So there is no reason I think I have to change anything in my sexuality. I have pleasure. So why should I change? Well, you are in a path of evolution, it's very easy to understand that why you want to change is because probably the other part first didn't give you a proper feedback for many reasons. And second, it it's used to something which is so common and she has accepted. She can't make you a speech about how a man uh, should behave, or maybe some women they can, but it's very hard. It's, and other women they even not, they're even not aware of their possibility of to open to sexuality. So there is a kind of a deal where sex is in this way, and women okay get used to that. Say okay, uh, I, I guess this is sex, and I like it. Uh, take it or leave it. So I will take it, and I choose to like it. And men, they say, okay, this is the feedback I receive is nice, so there is no reason to change, blah, blah. So, but the problem is that it's totally wrong. It's totally wrong. And the proof is, is that if you go to look into statistics, the questionnaires given to women that were able to answer, not in front of the partner, you have a totally different world from what you believe, which are women that, it's very rare that they reach an orgasm. Most of them, they take it. Or men that they have struggled even to have a, a long uh, a long session with, with women. Like they, they will come very, very fast. Or many, many issues connect to sexuality that make, makes, makes it, I mean, it's so obvious that there is, there's some big shit there to be healed. Yeah, I, I got. So yeah. now, sorry, I'm going. I'm going into a rap. I don't know. No, no, no. I, that's I, good. I'm no, to... no. This is good. I I was listening, and I've never had. I've had the conversation with people. I know that a lot of men uh, have this picture of how sex should look because of watching porn growing up and having that. You know, their whole childhood uh, where they've just painted this picture of like they should look have sex the way they do in porn. And that's the only way to please a woman is that way. And that's, uh, you know, how majority of us grew up. But then also not having the understanding that there is a different way to pleasure a woman. And you are very right in the fact that majority of women would probably be like, okay, yeah, that was good sex, but there's a, a whole better way to pleasure me with, that's just what we've just gotten because that's what pornography has created 
in today's society. Um, but there's a whole different side of things of my wants and needs in the sexual relationship here. Um, but I know I can't ask you for that because I know you, you're not educated in that area or you're not open to it because of, I guess, society and the way things have been painted. Um, and I think that's such a big, um, I wouldn't, it's not, it's kind of like a problem as where men think that that's the only way that you can have sex with the, uh, with a woman is like that. It has to look like it looks like in the porn. Um, otherwise it's not good. Uh, and yeah, there's so many ways. Um, I'm very new, new to this world as well as well. I was always under the, um, understanding that to have you know to please a woman properly it had to look like the way it looked in porn and it had to be like that but uh, women are a very complex um human being and there's definitely many other ways to please them yeah i mean it, and, and it's not only about physical pleasure it's it's about nourishing something if you eat Let's make an analogy. If you eat food only for pleasure, you will get soon very fat and uh, and probably with some disease problem. So pleasure is a very important part, is a good drive, but you wanna you wanna have sex in a way that you can feel even you can nourish not only the present pleasure. But something else, and that something else, it is also the connection between you and this person, the other person itself, the connection with a deep side of yourself, many things that are not so obvious in the moment, because we get lost for this, uh, the presence of this pleasure, and for the men especially, is completely focused on the genital area, while for women, even the physical pleasure is much more complex. And men just go narrowly there, for obvious reasons even, but, but it's not there, it's not there, that, that it's not this. You can use that to have pleasure, okay, but if you limit to that, you limit your experience, you limit your extension, and you limit the, the possibility to connect better with, with any person, and also you limit the the life of your partnership because in the long run will be boring because if you only do sex in that way, pleasure oriented, in the long run we will not work because you need new stuff to cheer you up. It's like eating the same exciting food for years. After a while, it's not exciting anymore if all you do is eating that food for pleasure. Your, the, your best ice cream flavor can become a nightmare if you only have that for your life. Right, so it can't be only momentary pleasure, and there are ways to do that. And you know what? For a man, it's much harder than for a woman to go into that path, especially for our conditioning. We start so early, from the first time we start to masturbate uh, until the last one. We condition ourselves to that kind of pleasure, to that kind of images, to and especially now with porn, with internet, with to switch from one image to another. So this variety, variety, have the pleasure into the variety and never really about something else that is not connected to an image, to a, a genital part, to a body part or of, of a woman, but 
we can have pleasure even in different ways. And it, at the start, it's very hard to train to that, to the condition. Any deconditioning takes long work and it's not desirable to a mind which is lazy. To a lazy mind, the work about deconditioning is absolutely not desirable and it will always find good reason to don't do that. But yeah, yeah. that's why that's... so many people, that's why many people don't want to engage to that because it's like, what's the point? I mean, it's a lot of work. I'm good like a man. A lot of a lot of men yeah. see that as a lot of work or they're like it's kinda like the preparation and the lead up, they're like, Oh no, I just wanna do the thing. You know, I just wanna I just wanna have sex, you know, I just wanna stick my dick in there, that's it. And that's the pleasure that they get the pleasure, but obviously in a relationship it's a back and forward pass where they get to have that as well and they may not yeah, and it's work. That would be a hard job to do for a man, you know, to learn that and understand that, to get out of that conditioning that, uh, yes, there is a different way to pleasure a woman um, via, you know, et cetera. And it's, um, yeah, this is such an interesting topic because a lot of men are, I guess, afraid of this area, especially in, in, in my circle. They would not uh, dive into this or they would not be willing to learn about it, especially for myself. Um, this is why... Another reason why I had so many questions for you because this is uh, an area that I've never been taught about as well. I know a little bit because I, I like reading things and I like listening to uh, you know different topics and ch- subjects, but it's not a common common subject that has brought up uh, around sexual in a relationship, and it's not something that men have been taught. And I feel a lot of relationships would really benefit from having someone. Uh, teach them the, I guess, a better, a stronger sexual connection, and how to pleasure each other. Definitely, it it will be. It actually, it it can be so easy to start, and if men will be able to uh, to question the partner and to listen it, if without reaction, as I said before, and with presence, like questioning, simply. What what can I do to make you feel better? And and encourage the partner to answer honestly. And encourage yourself to be ready to list answers to listen answers that maybe they're not really nice to listen sometimes. You know? Be able to receive a critique for a man. Receive a critique on a sexual area is a it's much harder than to receive a critique in the, uh, from the boss at the job. Matter, a man prefer, better prefer to be criticized by his boss about his work, which is still important, than from a partner about his sexual, <laughs> yeah, that, his sexual that, life, that, right? That, I mean, no so way. <laughs> I, I want to feel, at least, maybe I'm the, maybe I'm the last one at my job, but as a that's such a thing yeah. hard hard that would be it is such a hard thing for men to handle that conversation or being told from the opposite sex especially if they've just had sex um especially in a relation hey what could i do better or get some open feedback uh that's not a topic that men would like to dive into and then that's a hard thing to receive no. as well but 
that's where the growth comes in. That's where, you know, I've had to have a conversation like that before. It's something I could definitely lean into a, a lot more. But, um, yeah, it's important to be able to have that conversation with your partner as well. Yeah. Yeah, lots of men, they think, I know everything. I already know. I'm a natural talent or something like that. No, you are not. <laughs> Please, to all men that are listening to this, you are not a natural talent. It doesn't exist. I don't trust you. Maybe uh, you're one out of thousand, I don't know. <laughs> but you are not a natural talent. You're natural talent to please other men. Maybe if you go into the homosexual field, uh, probably you will find amazing sexual connection and real honest good feedback because men bodies, you understand a man body, but a woman body, you don't have a woman body. You don't know how it works. And you know what? It works always from polarity. So what works for her is not what works for you and vice versa. Men tend to go fast and penetrative, go directly to the genitals. Women, it's the opposite. Slow down, not directly to the genitals. And it can, of course, it can go there. She can go there. But in general, that's not what in general so women get really want. Notepad out, writing this. <laughs> <laughs> You're so right, though. No doubt. No doubt. That. And it, it's so hard. It's so hard for a man to learn this. That even though, for example, even though I'm telling you this right now, even though I know that, still I have difficulty to remember when I'm there. Because the sex drive can, and the conditioning, old conditioning, can take over, which my partner say, Manu, can can you slow down? Can you touch me there first? And I feel even more ashamed. Say, what? Me that I supposed to? I mean, I just was in the podcast with Luke and said about that. And, and I, it can happen. It can happen, of course. Yeah. And that's the vulnerability to be able to take that critique, that call it critique, and just take it as an opportunity to, to learn instead of, a bad review of your sexuality which will affect your self-esteem from now on. Mm, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I want to talk about, like, I guess, sexual energy as well because I this is something I, I'm, I'm quite new to um, as where I don't... Uh, I, I go for periods, like, I'm trying to practice in at the moment. I go for periods, like, of uh, no, um, no sex or no self-pleasure for you know, 30, 40 days just to, cause I, I, you've, you know, your sexual energy is your strongest energy. And I know that it, uh, it actually helps me in a lot of areas. I'm a lot more focused. Um, and I, I, I'm kind of playing with that. I'm only very new to this and I'm playing with that a lot and understanding how to harness it and how to, how to use it in other areas and spots as well. And it's a really cool thing. And it's something that a lot of men don't really understand is that, you know, as they get horny or whatever it is, and and they're just like, okay, I've got to have sex or I've got to get one out, and that's it, and they just waste it and it's gone. But it's actually a really powerful tool, um, and I just wanted to ask you about that because this is, you know, you got a really good yeah. uh, good brain in this area. Yeah, <clears throat> I mean, I'm not um, I'm not very sophisticated either in this area because I'm still learning, mm. and I but. And I've been through a few different teachings, so I can, yeah, I can report what I received and what I'm working on. 
uh, and not a teacher on this specific area. Uh, I wish, and maybe I will come to help men to help men better. Uh, but of course, I have teach with uh, they already work for me and are working, and they others that would work. So about the sexual energy, I mean, I think one of the things I learned already by myself reading something was already that was already many years ago is that there is a big, huge difference between uh, ejaculating how you feel after and non-ejaculating I mean let's take an example you're getting yourself pleasure you're masturbating and then you decide I mean you're, you're ejaculating let's take the same experience where you stop before ejaculating it's most probable, with few exceptions, but it's most probable that the difference between the two experiences is that one will make you feel with on a, the energy, you feel a loss of energy, literally like, like collapse, being lazy, sleeping, then, oh, now you want to just to lay down and, and not, the other experience is the same length of, yeah, you must debate in both cases, I don't know, the same length of time. But the one you don't ejaculate, you didn't ejaculate, you still have all your energy inside. You don't feel this collapse. So what is that? So it's not esoteric, it's not esoteric, it's not magical, it's not woo-woo. I mean, this is a fact. There is a very big difference on the energy you have. So that's already let you understand that there is something in that action, in that in that phenomenon of the ejaculation that 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 had been relieved that you lost partially and you need time to catch it up. So that was one of the first input I had so to try to explore more into that. And then the, the second part is the hardest, which is, okay, how, how to manage that? Because if I'm so used to associate pleasure and to, to ejaculation, how how can I use that energy in a way which is not released and still have pleasure? That that can be a big challenge. And at the start, it's not not pleasant at all. Now I'm talking about probably about semen retention, which is a little different from your from your question, but it still connects because a way to manage to learn how to manage this sexual energy. It, it's by semen retention, for example. Uh, to do it, yeah, to do it in a proper way. There are techniques that that can help you, but but first, I think the first thing is to decondition the mind from that thing, which can, uh, yeah, that's the biggest obstacle. That's the biggest obstacle to to don't feel the necessity, the psychological necessity to, to go there. It's like, because it's a wild horse, the sexual energy for a man. It's really like a wild horse, which normally we are proud of, the wildness of this horse. But if you keep on having a wild horse, it's most probably that, yeah, you can have many occasional sexual encounters and feel satisfied about that. But then it's very hard to go deeper because no woman will be a trust on the long run with someone that still has a wild horse. 
which is means a wild sexual energy, feel attracted by others, and oh, boy, I feel this dry horniness all the time. Yeah, at the start, it's very attractive. In fact, the common, uh, the common erotic plot uh, for women, like uh, Jordan Peterson mentioned in time, is, is the wild man that gets tamed by the woman. So yeah, the wild man can be attractive for a woman, but because she wants to tame you, not she doesn't want that you will be wild for the rest of your life. So the same is with the sexuality to see like this wild natural energy, okay? But if you don't learn how to tame it, it will be very hard that your relationship will benefit in the long run from your sexual energy. You get lost and probably you become a cheater or or a porn addict or Probably you repress all this through alcohol or through work workholism or something else. Yeah. That is so, uh, that has been myself as yeah. well, and you just summed all of that up for me in such a better understanding. Um, <laughs> because that is that is so true. Like a lot of men think, you know, they're going to be this wild horse, as you gave that analogy. And that's so true. The woman doesn't always, she's not going to want the wild horse or that really high sexual energy. She's looking for something a lot deeper, although it may be very attractive at the start, but eventually that may, may not always be the case. And that's what a, me, a lot of men are just trying to stay in that. They got this sexual energy and they don't know how to manage it or harness it. And they get into situations where they're in pubs and clubs, etc., like that. And they're just like, okay, I've got to, you know, they're just directing that at, at whatever comes towards them or some a woman is attracted to them or they get a bit of attention and then they just push that all to them and then that's where, you know, there's a lot of cheating, et cetera, like that going on and I just feel like a lot of men aren't um, aware of that and, and how to manage that in a way. So that, that I feel like that's a really good analogy and that's a, an important thing for men, especially going into relationships that are like that that do have a lot of high sexual energy that to understand how to harness it and, and, you know, have some tools around it because it is, it's your strongest energy. Your sexual energy is your strongest energy. And it's a very hard one to, um, very hard to manage if you don't know, if you don't read it properly from my, from my yeah, experience. I mean, it, it, for obvious reason also, I mean, if we are here, it's because of sexual energy, right? Otherwise we're not close to each other today. Yeah. I mean, uh, our parents, they engage on that in humanity from so sex, sex, reproduction, and all this stuff. But do we really want to do it in a really simple way or we want to learn to make it fine, finer and use this energy to build something else like we did with anything else. We did with our the use of our brain. We did with the use of our body. With, uh, with many other things, we, we learn to differentiate ourselves from the really primitive animalistic way which is not wrong but that's our part of the human to, to make it learn how to, to use it better and better and sometimes even worse but let's not go there but I mean there is this sexual energy that in, in a natural way will be a man will be going around and fast as much as possible okay but that's not really desirable on a community to have all men like that and will not we, it's very unlikely you can build a relationship you don't want relationship okay it's not a problem but if you feel and if you hear the call for the benefit to stay in a relationship which doesn't necessarily have to be strictly monogamous but still 
build a relationship with another person. There are some things uh, that we should learn and paint that wild side, side, but not to repress it. My my father is a whole stable, okay? And he, he, he evolved, to keep on in this analogy, okay, of the wild horse. He evolved in his way to tame horses. And he never had been a violent tamer. But there are tamers that they taming the horse in a wild way. What you have, you have a horse that will be very obedient, very nice, but it will be very sad. And and the first time he can, he can mess with you, it will mess. If you have an opportunity to smash you, maybe one day, or to run away, it will run because you just repress it. You just smash it. And the same with your sexuality. If you just think by smashing it, by repressing it, say, I don't know, like in a very religious way, uh, repressing all, all that stuff, it will not work. The appearance is that. Yes, you don't go around, you don't watch porn, but then inside there is something that is really sad and dark. The other way is to, to the sweet way to tame, like my father does with his horses. Like learn how it works and help this wild energy to, to understand, like even it is a different being, like to understand that there are some benefits from getting tamed and we can work together. It is not about sub a submissive job, but it's a collaboration. Say, hey, I know you would like to go everywhere, but let's do something. Let's let's do let's let's find a way to to direct this to direct you in a way that uh, instead of go everywhere, we focus on something, and after we will have even more benefits in terms of physical pleasure, in terms of psychological pleasure, in terms of soul evolution, mind evolution, and lucidity, many other many other things which they're not so obvious. Uh, yeah. Mm. Try to understand the language mm. of this animal. I love that. It's I very love, important. I love that. I got it. I got a, I got the last two questions for you. Um, as you know, we're getting uh, close to the hour. I want to know what is, you get one wish in this world and you get to change anything. What would it be? If I would, if I wish to, I wish for, uh, about uh, anything I would like to change in the world. Yeah. One thing. One thing. Yeah, one thing. Wow. <laughs> Can't have two, only one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. No, that's good. That's good. Uh, even to to be essential. Uh, so many things are coming. Mm. But let's say... So it's a hard one for people to answer. To, to, to keep on riding the conversation, uh, the theme, the topic of the conversation. Mm. I, I, I really, I would wish that men, not only humans, let's say, not humans, I mean, let's say men, they could, they could see each other as as brothers, and I don't talk about a hippie who will start. I talk really like, even in the competition, in a competitive way, but instead of uh, be violent to each other, but collaborative, 
still strong, still vertical, but collaborative. I will. I wish that men could have this feeling of connection, helping each other instead of smashing each other. If only men will do that, that's why I say it doesn't have to be all humanity or even women. If only men will do that, we learn to don't use this, to don't be violent uh, with each other or with our with themselves. And use this strength in a in still beautiful, masculine, uh, competitive way, but not in a violent, toxic way. The, wow, the whole world will be mm. flourishing. A lot different. That's which is, anyway, but will accelerate so much. Yeah, that's a lovely yeah. answer. The last question I got for you: What is your uh, what is your hot tip? A hot tip to anyone out there? Just some some advice or anything like that, just something that you live by or say? Mm. Learn to listen. Learn to listen others and and yourself, especially. And your body, your mind, your intuition. Learn to listen others' body, mind, others' intuition, other energy. Listen that instead of just talk, instead of just thinking you have the right, you have already the right mind, the right decision. Learn to listen the world, the environment. Listen. It, it requires a good presence mm. to listen. Yeah. And I'm not the greatest of the listener. <laughs> I'm still learning, but I, I, I already did a good job. I, I mean. Yeah. Uh, Good progress. I had a good progress because before it was mm. much worse. I think as males, that's a common trait that we always will be working on the listening aspect. Um, yeah, that's just common common for men, I feel, being able to listen. <laughs> that was really good. And I think you, and I think you, Luke, you are a good listener. Mm. I mean, the way you let me not only rap like, talk for so long but when you took back the word you I I was reassured by your comments that you actually listen yeah you because it could be very easy to get lost in the mind while someone is talking bam bam with a screaming like I'm doing now but and maybe you did sometimes and say, okay we are human but still your answer makes me feel listen and that is very important yeah, what, and because that's the truth too, like uh, like you said, it's really important to listen because what people have to say is important um, and it's that's the the art of listening and that's why I like podcasting so much. I've always listened to people. I was never a big talker. I never said a lot, but I was always listening and I was always watching, um, but I just learned how to talk now. <laughs> so That's amazing. That's yeah. amazing, Luke, really. Mm. They're doing an amazing job. Thank you. And you, and you even inspire me. For thank you, brother. And I just will wrap it up. I want to say thank you very much for this show. I'm going to make sure that all my friends listening to this, because there was so many gold nuggets in there. I was tro- <laughs> I was like writing a couple things down, but I was like, I just, I'm going just to tell them to listen to the whole podcast. So um, there was so many good things, especially for men in my circle as well. So, uh, brother, thank you very much. I appreciate you. appreciate your time as well. Thanks for coming on today.
Thank you. Thank you for the invitation. It's been a nice surprise and yeah, really nice time with you. No worries. Thank you, Manuele Paladizio. I got it again. I got the name right. Thank you very much. If you're on YouTube, uh, hit that subscribe button. If you're on Spotify, wherever you are, leave a review, rate us. Um, I'm Mr. Hecker, and that is If You Don't Know Now, you know. Thank you very much for listening to our show. Peace and love. I'm Mr. Hecker, and If You Don't Know Now, you know. That is our show for today. I appreciate your love, your support. Please have a beautiful, lovely day. If you could, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. That would be much appreciated. Until then, peace and love, and I'll see you on the next one.